to the Arm New Reality series, and we've got an energizing episode lined up today with some fantastic guests and stories that I hope will inspire you. This is our second episode of exploring what we call layers of reality, looking at how virtual reality and augmented reality are making a difference to real companies in the real world. With me today are two guests. The first is Pablo Frail, Director of Ecosystem Partnerships for the client line of business in Arm. In his role, he collaborates day-to-day with mobile industry partners and developers to create software and tools which enable the best possible experiences in mobile, AR, and VR devices. Also with me is Julian Four, GM and VP for Industrial and M&E at Unity Technologies. He helps transform how products, buildings, and infrastructure are designed, made, and used, leveraging real-time 3D technology. And I'm going to start with you, Julian, um, because I I think you've got a a fantastic story to tell about how you've got something that's actually um, transformed into a platform. Uh, It's not just a set of tools, but you've developed a, a complete platform and have a vision for that that I think is really fascinating. So perhaps we could start by uh, hearing a little bit about that vision. Sure. About three, four years ago, uh, we started seeing demand for uh, our platform by companies outside of the gaming industry, companies in the auto industry, in construction, in energy. And they were approaching us to do more, do more in terms of visualization. Um, And working with those companies, we realized that the process of creating these experiences was not very, uh, not very simple. It was not really seamless for them to do so. They had to bring data from a lot of different sources, from you know, 3D CAD, from beam tools, uh, geospatial data from sensors, LIDAR, radar, GPS, you, know, you, you name it, from a lot of different places. So uh, we've built a set of tools that make it easier to bring data from, from any source into, um, into our platform. In doing so, we realized that companies wanted to do more than visualization. They actually wanted to use Unity for the entire life cycle of their asset, from design through you know, engineering, marketing, sales, and in fact, the usage phase of their of their product. So really these days we are working with these companies to help them understand the behaviors of the assets through the entire life cycle, whether it's a building, a, a road, a bridge, a healthcare facility or a car. And uh, we've built new tools and really a separate platform from the core rendering engine to have them do that. So in other words, we have a set of applications and tools that are purpose-built for companies outside of game. And I'm wondering, Pablo, what that means to to you to have a platform uh, like Unity available for people who are developing on ARM. Unity is a great partner for us and a great platform to work with because uh, they they share a lot of the same um, values that ARM uh, brings to to the table. We are, ARM is a company built around an ecosystem of other you know manufacturers vendors software um software companies and so on and unity shares some of the same values in 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 a way that they they rely on their partners their customers to create content that that run on 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 all of our devices so in in a way from 
their point of view, uh, content focus, and from our point of view, a hardware and device focus is very complementary, and I think it, it works very well. So, Julian, um, I want to pick up on the the thought about customers because I think that's really interesting, and I know in you're providing mobile solutions around AR and VR, and a lot of that is user driven. And I wanted to hear a bit more about your approach and and uh, how you work with your community uh, in development. So. There's a problem in the uh, industrial world, whether you look at energy, building, you know, construction or manufacturing. One of the underlying problems is that there's kind of a separation between design, so the creation of the world we see around us, and the field. So the actual usage and maintenance and operation of the products and assets that we use every day, right, in our day-to-day life. The creators of the world we see around us, the designers, the the industrial engineers, the the architects, they have access to pretty advanced uh, 3D modeling and engineering tools. But all that intelligence, you know, all that data, that 3D geometry is kind of lost along the way. And when it comes to time to build, so construct, you know, assemble these products and then actually optimize the way they are used day to day, optimize the way they are maintained, operated, upgraded or you know, used by all of us as consumers. Uh, not much of that intelligence is made available to you know, the frontline workers, the field services professionals, the healthcare professionals or all of us as consumers. So there's kind of a wall between the design phase and, and the field. And in, in many ways, uh, what we're doing with real-time technology at Unity is kind of breaking that wall, is making it possible for uh, billions of consumers and hundreds of millions of field professionals and frontline workers to actually leverage all the intelligence that was built by the designers and the creators in the first place to guide uh, the work done by those frontline workers in a way that is interactive, that is contextual, but also for all of us as consumers to interact with products in a way that are much more intelligent, right? In a way that are interactive, that are digital. And to do that, uh, you need to power mobile experiences, experiences in the field, on tablets, on mobile devices, on smart glasses. You need to bring real-time technology uh, where those products are really used. So in a car, for example, by uh, embedding the Unity's runtime into you know, the infotainment of a car or inside an elevator or on the screen you know, in a, a surgery room. So our commitment at Unity, in fact, one of our, our strengths is you, know, you build the experience once and you can deploy it on uh, really any platform from VR to the safety uh, helmet of a construction worker and being able to take very large 3D models of massive amount of information and optimize this model, reduce these models, reduce all that intelligence and make it available in real time to consumers and field professionals is actually one of the secret sauce of what it is, is all about. We do it at 60 or 90 or 120 frames per second because that's really what real-time technology is about. So even on a pretty small light device, you can look at information, uh, geometry, uh, or overlay you know, information to the real world in a way that really feels and looks real. You see no latency no matter where you are in the, in, in the world and no matter what device you use. I'm wondering uh, for you, Pablo, um, what it means uh, for ARM to have applications like that out in the field uh, across all those different use cases and and getting the the, the kinds of data and insights uh, that that provides for, for ARM. 
Um, that's one of the great things about mobile devices and mobile technologies is uh, you 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 build those um, those devices and then the applications that follow um, have perhaps nothing to do with what you intended in the first place, but they are equally uh, you know remarkable. Mobile devices were never probably never designed originally to be in in these places in surgeries or you know or as you were discussing in in the, in head mounted displays in field operate uh, you know operation workers. The ability to expand those technologies beyond their original intended purpose is one of the things that that's made uh, mobile technology uh, you know grow so much over the last 10 20 years from our point of view the application itself is you know the, the end application is less relevant than the uh, foundational technologies that we build to make them happen you know it's not 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 just things like um, as Julian was, was talking about refresh rates uh, rendering capabilities lower latencies it's also other other things that perhaps uh, are harder to see like uh, foundational security and safety built into the into the platform so that so that you can do all those things safely knowing that data is not going to go astray or third parties are not going to be able to hack into the into that particular device. So all all those things are you know are the, the sort of things that we take care of and worry us. Uh, and then once all all that uh, foundation has been put into place, then they as as Julian was saying, the the applications and the capabilities explode really. Yeah, and it sounds like that philosophy of having a strong foundation has been uh, really useful to uh, Unity because I know you you actually started out um, being a platform for gaming development. Um, can you tell me a bit about the the journey from there to where you are now? Well, initially we um, we were a little surprised by the fact that companies across so many different industries from healthcare to retail to automotive were reaching out to us to really push the envelope of what was possible in terms of design or engineering or simulating production. And that was, you know, a few years ago. And then we've partnered with uh, companies across all the different industries. Over the time, we, we realized that uh, the reason why they are adopting uh, real-time technologies rapidly, uh, by, by the way, we did a, a research recently with a major you know, consulting firm and we interviewed um, CEOs and, and CTOs and CIOs of across 350 different companies in four countries. And 97% of the respondents were saying that they saw real-time technology as transformative or revolutionizing their workflows. So, you know, the, the, the pace of adoption is, is really accelerating for, for special companies for, for real-time uh, real technology. So, so, so back to that journey, we, we realized that really what those companies were trying to do was more than visualization real-time. They were using and they are using our platform outside of games to simulate scenarios that are impossible to simulate and understand in the real world. So let, let's look at examples. Think about a, um, a company uh, managing, for example, large you know, energy facility like electric power generation plants. How do you simulate a fire? How do you train a crew of 100 field maintenance professionals on how to uh, repair that facility at downtime without actually having a downtime because it costs millions of dollars per every minute of downtime. And how do you do that in a way that's safe? How do you simulate an environmental disaster? How do you simulate a, uh, an evacuation of a crowd and the, the optimal evacuation or safety design for a train station, for example? How do you simulate a car accident so you can design a safer car? And how do you train 
the autonomous system of a vehicle for scenarios like uh, you know a storm or trees falling on the road you can't actually collect enough real world data to uh, train a machine learning algorithm of a car you know uh, or of an autonomous system at scale really across a broad range of industries unity is used you know outside of gaming to simulate reality at an insane level of precision and accuracy it's really about understanding and simulating the behaviors of digital twins of their products and assets that really behave exactly like the physical products in the real world. And you can't, there's no other way of doing that than doing it in a, in a virtual uh, environment uh, using game technology. Uh, what I thought was interesting um, about the whole idea of all the devices that you're supporting from uh, uh, car systems to uh, mobile devices, various different form factors, various different use cases, is that they're all built around this idea of we've got a great platform um, and let's go build some fascinating, powerful stuff on it. Um, and I, I think I, I can see that in both the approach that Unity takes and that um, ARM also takes. So uh, I'm wondering if both of you could comment on what that means to you to have uh, a, a platform out there that customers are going to take in all kinds of interesting directions, many of which you hadn't conceived. Um, and Julian, maybe we could start with you and then um, we can throw that to Pablo. Yeah, so if I look at the, the type of experiences that creators want to power, to a greatest, I think that they want to tell stories and they want to meet the consumers and the users where they are and where they will be tomorrow. And, uh, you know, people live their life, go to different places, are in constant situation of mobility. And so you have to, to meet the customers where they are and be able to tell a story uh, throughout a consumer journey across multiple channels, multiple uh, devices, right? And that's, that's really uh, that the continuation of that story. The ability to start telling a story in one place and continue that story somewhere else is actually what we want to power. So if you think about the future of mobility for you know, the auto industry, what is it going to look like you know, in two, three years down the line? Maybe you'll start you know, playing a game on your phone or uh, watching a movie or getting information about your next vacation destination, and then you get in your car. And maybe you want to continue uh, that experience inside your car, maybe as a passenger you know, on the screen. And meanwhile, maybe you want information about what's happening around you. And then when you leave the car, say you go to your doctor and you want to continue to you know, watch that movie or continue that game or get informed about something, you know, uh, while you're actually waiting for the doctor, you take the elevator to the second floor and you actually want to see something maybe on in the elevator. So the way we're thinking about, um, about how we deliver these experiences is really in a cross-platform way. At the very core of our uh, Unity's culture, there's this notion that you know you build once and you can deploy anywhere, and we take care of that complexity. Uh, so we are working uh, with our graphics teams and our platform teams and a lot of different partners to make that cross-platform, omni-channel experience uh, deployment something as seamless as possible for for developers. And you know, a big 
A big part of that process is to actually adapt the models, adapt the content, uh, depending on the endpoint. And uh, what that takes, and that's something we're working on a lot right now, is data optimization. Often those, you know, industrial accounts have massive models and um, a very large amount of information that you know were created initially not to power these experiences. And we make the process of decimating, optimizing those models very seamless and very automated using uh, using AI. Uh, so that you know as a developer, you don't really worry too much about where you're going to deploy the experience. We take care of that for you. Right. So that's all handled intelligently and uh, the optimization is going to be whatever makes sense for, for that particular endpoint. Pablo, if you could uh, chime in and, and uh, tell us a bit about how you see this. I mean, obviously, our um, angle is uh, slightly different, of, although I think the approach is, is very, very similar. We, we work with um, our partners, uh, hardware um, the uh, silicon and hardware ma manufacturers, um, it's sort of the same the same problem really. When we build our our products, we we have a very long uh, cycle for you know for consumer devices. We we typically start designing some some new uh, product, and uh, you won't see it into devices you know until five years later, for example. So uh, all these new devices that you have today, um, augmented reality, virtual reality glasses, and and head mounted displays. Probably are using technology that we started designing uh, five years ago or so. So when we did, when we kicked off that project, we had no idea that that these sort of devices would be possible one day. You know, on on using mobile technology. So. Although on the one hand, you have to really, really think about the use cases, the technology, how we're going to deliver it and uh, how we're going to optimize it for, for certain applications. At the same time, you have to provide the, the ecosystem or the ARM partnership with enough freedom to let them um, build something completely new that we hadn't thought about. That is a hard um, you know, balance to, to achieve. And that comes from you know, really go, going back to the same principle, really good, high quality products um, at, a, at a basic level, but then a lot of support, a lot of uh, you know, working with our partnerships day in, day out to make sure that we, we can help them achieve whatever product they, they want to build. And, and then moving forward, we, is we, we try to anticipate what those products will look like five, five or 10 years uh, out, but it's very, very difficult. As much as we try, we always have to leave um, the, the final product to the imagination of our partners. They, they know better what consumer wants, what the new trends are, uh, and you know, are in the in the industry, and what's going to be possible in those timeframes. We do design once, deploy multiple times, just like Unity, but in a completely different field, and. Um, and the, and the timescales we, we talk about are really, really long, which means, um, you know, we have to build in a lot of flexibility into our products. Right. And and uh, I like the point that you make about the work that you do to try and envision uh, what the um, mobile devices might be able to deliver in the future. Um, because obviously, even though customers are going to go and develop uh, things that they think that um, are interesting and useful that you may not have thought of. Uh, equally, you have a perspective uh, that uh, and 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 uh, a viewpoint from working with them that they don't have. And, and I'm wondering, um, maybe we could um, start with you, Julian. What um, might future mobile XR ecosystems make possible that the technology just can't deliver today? Where where do you see that going? 
I think the, uh, the ability to enable the creators, the designers, the developers to one, update their content remotely in a way that is compliant to the way the content is used. If you think about a car or an airplane, you know, <laughs> there are very strict safety requirements in terms of how your content needs to perform on the endpoint. And so, you know, do you want to have a maintenance person specialist replace the software on in a car? And do you need to do that car by car? Can you actually enable car manufacturer to update the software remotely, update the content, stream new content, uh, create new experiences for the users of a vehicle uh, of a time for very rich content, very, you know, interactive uh, experiences. So, that's that's one area that uh, we're looking into to do that, you know, for any device used in the field, institutional mobility in, in the world and in a way that's that's uh, safe without any discontinuation of the service. And that, you know, that's that's pretty hard to do. I mean, I think that would be one uh, one thing we're looking at, maybe using AI to optimize the content for the endpoint as well uh, is another area that we're looking into. And maybe a third one is powering a kind of a round tripping of, of information inside. But one of the big challenges in, in the industry that we serve is that, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, is that content creators, um, designers of you know, physical products, for a very long amount of time, they don't really know how these assets perform in the real world. And if you're an architect, you design a building, you don't really know how people use your facility day to day, what's working, what's not working. And... Therefore, it's very difficult to do a better design next time around. If you are a car designer, do you really know how people actually use your car on a daily basis? What, what's the experience inside the car? Because there are now screens everywhere, because a car is becoming you know, a, an iPad on, on wheels, it is now uh, possible to, or more possible to track what the experience looks like. Uh, with sensors and you know, IoT, you can now track how people are actually using a facility. So the question for us that, you know, we're spending a lot of time uh, working on is how do you actually feed back the designers, uh, the creators of these assets so they know in real time how those products are being used? And again, across, not just for one device, but across devices, across screens. So you can tell, paint, you know, a full picture of that experience end to end. So that analytics piece is, is absolutely fundamental one. That's great. Um, thank you for that. Um, and, and I'm wondering, uh, Pablo, what your thoughts on that are? Yes. Yeah, so I think the uh, absolutely artificial intelligence and ML is one of the key areas that I think we're going to we're going to see applied to more and more use cases and problems uh, that we are developing um, products and technology to help in that in that sense. Um, I, I think there is going to be a lot more distributed compute, uh, as we discussed earlier, not just across the network, as we, we were talking about, but also inside the device. So there's going to be very specialized compute elements doing certain things like vision or uh, machine learning or audio processors or you know those will become more and more important over time as we see the power requirements becoming even more even more uh, demanding for augmented reality uh, handsets or headsets artificial intelligence power and dedicated compute and also i think security is going to become one of the key battlefields for for mobile devices in the future. How do we protect personal data? How do we protect proprietary data from, from third parties uh, deploying in, into, their, into those devices? How do we protect transactions? How do we defend from, from attacks? Uh, those are 
problems that even today are uh, are becoming really really hot really really difficult to, to solve and they are only going to become increasingly more important as we do more and more and expose more and more of our daily lives into into those devices that's great thank you for that and thanks to you both for those great insights today uh, i've learned a lot and i feel that we know a little bit more about the future and how these new layers of reality will help evolve our lives at work and at home thanks again 